Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. Across the street and around the world, Cheyenne Hills. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Nathan, welcome. Glad you're here today. Good to be here. Okay, yeah. so we've got a lot coming up here. We've got Good Friday. We've got Lent. Right. We've got, well, I say Lent. We've got Easter. And I was going to ask you about Lent, so it just came out. Huh. Do you... Does it Lent fit into your wheelhouse anywhere in your theological I think practices? It is a, I think it's a wonderful practice, especially right. leading up to Easter, to, yeah. to really think about Christ. Now, as far as giving up things, uh, I've tried that before, but I tell you what, I gave up chicken liver this year for Lent. <laughs> yes, you uh, did. Yeah. Yeah, I gave up mushrooms, too. That's, oh, that's did easy. You? Yeah, okay. that's, that's an easy one. Yeah. No. Well, there's not much of a Lent if you don't, I guess. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think we're out of the, drinking out of the same water hole here. I, I really... Is a practice didn't haven't really practiced right. it, but certainly don't have any problem with it. Right. In fact, right. okay. So this is a discussion we had in our church, uh, in our staff and whatnot. We thought about doing something for Lent. Have you heard of this thing called seventy five hard? Never it's had. like okay, so it's like seventy five days of doing hard things. So like working out twice a day, eating, you know, no alcohol, eating good and clean meals, whatever. Anyway, it's it's hard to do. There's yeah. why they call seventy five, and you have to do it consecutive days. If you miss any one of those things, any day, days. and I think I think uh, you have to you have to take a, a progress picture of yourself in the mirror, a selfie. So I I mean that was kind of weird, but yeah. anyway, this is what this program is, and there's a lot of young people doing it <laughs> because of the. I say young people, that's where I hear from it, uh, people uh-huh. doing it, is um, the discipline of it, and they mm-hmm. just like this discipline. Well, okay, so there's a church in Colorado called Flatirons. A lot of people mm-hmm. know that. There's, there's, a, it's a huge church. My son and and daughter in law and kids and grandkids go there, and uh, they are practicing something of their own. It, they, I think they called it. I'm not sure if they call it 45 hard, but it's 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 similar. But it talked about instead of working out twice a day, maybe working out once a day, a Bible verse. Um, you know, prayer time, you know, some more right. devotional yeah. aspect of it, which I thought was great. That is good. So now they did this, I think, last fall. And we we got in contact with them and we were thinking about launching it so we could actually do the 45 days. Because if you miss a day, you got to start over. Yeah, right. And so according to the way this is put together on your app, so you can have an app that reminds you how Oh my doing. goodness. So, That's yeah. cheating. No, I know. it's, <laughs> But it's kind of cool, you know, just what they've done. But we were going to do it for Lent just to say, you know, this is a something that you could ta- attack, uh, attach yourself to as a discipline, yeah. and it has spiritual meaning and spiritual disciplines in it, right, maybe even right. fasting or whatever. Um, anyway, we didn't do it this year, maybe next year, but it's just like it it made me really think about Lent this year and then trying to do something. Do you have no, anything that's, you That's do very or? valuable. So I am currently right now going through uh, a seminary class uh, from Separate Theological Seminary, yeah. and it's on church history. Well, in a great book written by a theologian who I think is in heaven now, but his name is Eusto Gonzalez, he was talking about in the early church, it was, and we can see this as early as the Didache and other places where they would try to fast, especially mm. around Lent, yeah. on Fridays. Okay. And so I, it's not necessarily Friday, but every every week, at least once a week over the last several weeks, 
I have tried to take one 24-hour period, nice. usually from a lunch to a lunch or something like that, and, and give one day. Specifically, that's the other thing about fasting. It isn't just that you don't eat. It's that you dedicate the time that you would be eating right. um, to the specific pur- purpose of communion with God. Right. And so I, I don't know that that's as formal as a lot, a lot of what other people do. Uh, I have a very good, good friend discipline. I was just talking with a few minutes ago that um, they actually follow a very specific diet. In, in his uh, church background. Wow. And uh, they, they'll they give up dairy one day, they'll give up uh, more things, and eventually it gets down to where it's just pulse, I think is the <laughs> word that they use, but it's essentially vegetables oh. um, on certain days right before you get to Easter. And then on Easter, it's a massive Feast. celebration. Oh, wow. And it's to try to turn one's heart toward yeah. um, what really happened there. Okay, so those 24-hour periods, what what does fasting do for you? Or, or what yeah. do you think it does for God? What do you, what do you think that is the reason for this for you? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know for sure uh, what it does for the Lord, but I know what it does for me is it reminds me of my own, uh, we're just pilgrims here. Yeah. You know, uh, when you start to feel hunger and all those yeah. different things, one thing that you're, you're reminded of is um, you're just a pilgrim here for just a moment mm. and this life matters, but also more than that, when it comes to the next life, when it comes to the afterlife, if you will, the fact that Jesus Christ made a way for us to come to him, mm. the glory of what Easter is about, it truly is the high point of, of the year. And, and it ought to be that way. But I think what fasting does is reminds me of my humanity and very thankful for Christ dying for me. So I, um, I would love to tell you I have practiced this and I haven't. Uh, when I was in seminary, I was very faithful, several years there, probably even several years after. And I would fast three days, no food, no water for three days. Mm-hmm. And uh, once a month. No water? Yeah, no water. Stupid. Wow. I mean, this Never is not a good that. idea. But it's like, I don't know why. And wow. I was even in Dallas. And even some of those hot summer days or whatever, I was coaching. I was outside. And I'm telling you what. So, but here's here's what my conclusion was from that. A, the reason I ask you that question, I don't think God was one bit impressed with right. any fasting. I don't, I don't. That's just my personal thing. <laughs> Someone I'm going to argue, take issue with that. I'm not going to argue with it. But I just, I personally, but here's what it did for me. It focused me. I felt compassion, you know, for people that are going to bed hungry around the world. I mean, I just, you just, you're empty. And you're so, even the, even the water, you know, you get, you get really, I mean, this is, it's probably stupid. I mean, I'm probably ruined my health, took two years off my life, maybe. I don't know. But, um, so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that's what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that it was something I just said, okay, I'm all in. I'm going to do this. And I did it, gosh, for several years. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, if you, I could go back to my journals. And every time I had some kind of a breakthrough of something, it was yeah. always toward the end of that time of fasting. Right. So so here's my the conclusion I have. I don't know if, A, God is always speaking, and I was just super tuned in, because you are. In your prayer mm-hmm. time, or at least in my prayer time, and I was dialed in because you're, yeah. you're, you're hungry. You're thinking about just how, really how weak our flesh is. It's like right. how much I, I want to just have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. Right, know? right. Break this fast, have some milk, want anything. And, um, and I just like push through those things or try to pray through those things. But I did get some major uh, yeah. breakthroughs on, I can't even, I'd have to look at my journal, but I always wrote them down. That's and good. 
So I, I do think it clarifies, mm-hmm. it focuses. Um, I would say for someone that's really trying to hear from God, for me personally, it, it blocked out mm-hmm. the noise of the life of life. That's good. And, uh, uh, so I think that has a value, but here again, I'm going to say, I still don't think God was looking down and saying, wow, I'm impressed. I'm going to give this guy a, you know, a breakthrough. I, I think he probably always, my theory, I think he was always given a breakthrough. I just was really dialed in. I could, right. I could receive it. Right. Anyway, that's my two cents on flat fast. I think that's very valuable. Uh, the longest I've ever gone. So I made a decision. Uh, I went two years to a college that is a I think you would call it an uber fundamentalist kind of school. It was the background I came from. And I know that I became very uncomfortable there, but I wasn't sure exactly what the next step was. And um, so during one Christmas break, um, I I worked my way through college. So I had to stay behind behind for Christmas when a lot of other kids would go home. And I was working my job at a Kaiser Permanente in San Jose, California. And I went for a little longer than two weeks on a fast. Now I drank liquids. Wow. That's still, that's a long time. Yeah. A long time. And it was because I think the Lord had revealed to me that I needed to leave, but I just wanted confirmation. Yep. At, at that particular school, I had, um, developed a, I think a pretty good reputation all, all over campus and everything else. So I, it was, it was a big decision for me. Yeah. And, um, and the Lord used that in a point where I came to this, and I use this term so often now, but this is where it came from, that fast, that I want to make my decisions based not upon personalities, but upon principles. Mm-hmm. I want to move to where, to where principles are affirmed yeah, and not personalities. Good. But it was, it was that Christmas break, that fasting period that God used, I think, to even guide what I'm doing today. Yeah. And so I, I believe in it, but you're right. It doesn't necessarily take a fast to get there, yeah. but God has used that in yeah. my life. Boy, I I would I recommend it. And in fact, I'm feeling a little convicted. It's probably you me know, too. I, I was saying, yeah, you know, I fast three days every month, and I bet you I haven't fasted three times in the last five years. I mean, I really haven't practiced that. Maybe yeah. maybe I have a time or two, but maybe a meal or something like that. But nothing to to the point of just really. Now, when I when I on major moves, I, I do fast. Yeah, and, and I've done that. I mean, a, a week or so, even um, again with water, but not 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 food, but yeah. just needing to hear from God. And you know, I know when we came back up here, there was a time I just I got I had to hear from God. So, yeah. if I've been really driven to my knees and I need to hear from God, that I uh, there's times I've fasting. I and I yeah. think it's just for my focus, not for impress God. I think you're right, and and I this is why it's so fun to talk to you, Galen, because. Um, we've never talked about this before, yeah, yeah. but it has been influential. It sounds like in both of our lives. Yeah. And I think we, we also have to, um, mention to those who are listening that we're not advocating any sort of legalism, no. i.e. that, that you can't come to know the truth of God's word or find answers, uh, on this. But at the same time, God does talk to his disciples about some things come only by prayer and fasting. Yeah. And so, and, so, and, and by wonder. the way, when we get to that question of fasting, the Bible doesn't prescribe for how long no. or what you're supposed to do while you're doing it. No. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where well, it does say one thing. It's like when you're fasting, you know, don't put on a gloomy face. <laughs> right. That's right. In fact, you know, yeah. you, you should, you know, 
be normal or whatever. It's right. like don't don't put on this gloomy face like you're oh pitiful, holy, righteous me. In right, fact, right. it's completely opposite. Right. If you are fasting, it's one of those things where you don't necessarily tell everybody. Yeah. No, I mean, if someone offers you food, you'll say, yeah, say no, you know, I do yeah, that, appreciate yeah. that. But but yeah, you're right. It's not like look, I have become more holy oh, today because yesterday <laughs> you just <laughs> yeah, you just <laughs> might as well just flush the that pride yeah, just right. flush that whole exactly. thing. Yeah. You've run the whole purpose. The whole thing, purpose. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so we've got uh, Good Friday. We've got, yeah. well, I guess, a lot of things. We've got Monday, Thursday. We've got Good right. Friday. We've got Easter. Any of those that are uh, kind of, you know, of course, the Passion Week, any of those that are kind of favorites for you to kind of camp on, or what's your... There is, and your... I've... Uh, when when you stop and look at it, I have a, a very dear friend that goes to a different kind of church altogether, um, and yet at the same time, I he was telling me about something that he they do in his church on Friday evening. And that is they have a special ceremony leading toward midnight okay. where they will all get together and slowly but surely they shut down all the lights and everyone's lighting, holding a candle. And then eventually everyone in the congregation blows out a candle and there's only one candle left. Hmm. And that's on at the front of the church. Now they do have lighting near the doors, you know, for, for safety. But other than that, it's talking about the fact that the light of the world oh, was, wow. was laid in a tomb. Yeah, and then of course on Sunday morning they have, and I've never been to that one where it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Huh. And there's a point. I when I was right out of seminary, um, I lived in El Paso, Texas. I was part of a church where they only did communion once a year. Oh wow! And that was on the Friday night before hmm. uh, uh, Easter morning. Okay. And uh, it was it, it was really unique because they did almost the same thing, only this was of course in an evangelical church. Hmm. And, but what they were trying to do is raise the solemnity. Do you understand that what you're doing is yeah. we're in, a, we're, we're remembering the body and blood of Christ. Right. It's very special. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. I, um, we, we always have, I say always, <clears throat> I think most years that I've been in ministry, we've had a, whether I was in Colorado or here, have had a Friday, good, good Friday service. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, the Monday, Thursday is the the Passover that Jesus right. in the upper room. So sometimes we'll do that with communion. But we all, we just kind of conveniently roll that all into uh, the, the Good Friday service. And right. then sometimes we'll focus on the, you know, the breaking of bread and drinking of the cup. Or sometimes we'll focus on the foot washing or the, just what took place. And then ultimately end it with the cross. But um, I... This year we have something actually kind of kind of special planned. It's going to be a little unique of all the of all the years that we're going to have something a little bit different. So I'll yeah. keep that as a, a a teaser for people that want to come and listen to it. But but the, it's going to really focus on you know you know the Friday. But it's going to end with some hope if the Sunday's coming Wonderful. theme. You know, I love that. and uh, but this this Friday, the depth of it, the seriousness of it, the uh, the sacrificial part of it. I think it's. And it's it's really grown. I mean, we'll fill up this sanctuary, yeah. um, you know, one time. It's not like a two two service type thing, but still, that's a lot of people willing to come out on a Friday night. And I, I don't know for whatever reason, it's a it's a really cool feeling of right. uh, the community to come together. It's somber. We try to keep it kind of somber and solemn, in introspective, and we'd like for people to feel, you know, this is a this was a big big day of of Christ sacrificing. Right. 
uh, himself on the cross for us. And I want people to feel it. So we've always done that. And then of course, you know, Easter, everybody has Easter service of, of some kind. And of course the, the resurrection of Christ. And so, you know, as a pastor, I'm always trying to think, is there an angle that we missed or is there something we can nuance? So I've got a little bit of a nuance this year too. So I I love that. I love it. One to recognize the solemnity of the moment, but number two, when you come back around the great joy of being a Christian is, is really felt on that day. Um, Dr. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the declaration, um, he wrote this about Christ's resurrection, that he, that man, God not only redeemed man to himself, but also toward one another. Truly. He said, here's how he wrote. He said, he forgave the crime of murder on his cross. And after his resurrection, he commanded his disciples to preach the gospel of forgiveness first at Jerusalem, where he knew well that his murderers still resided. These striking facts are record for our imitation and seem intended to show that the name of God, uh, show that the son of God died, not only to reconcile God to man, but to reconcile men to one another. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. So there's stuff when we talk about Easter and the beauty of it, um, at the end of the day, our, our, our faith, um, our salvation, um, was purchased to us at a great cost. And I think if we forget that, which people do from time to time, uh, when we forget that there's nothing quite like Easter to remind us of here, this is what matters most. Yeah. I think it brings everything back to, to the forefront and it's uh i don't know why it but why do we need these festivals but but god uses festivals you know you think about it and actually part of what i'm going to do this year is to to go back and pick up on a festival a couple of a couple of them actually Amen. but the you know the first fruits Amen. and how that ties into an yeah. easter that christ is our first fruits mm-hmm. and um but that what i've learned about the first fruits is some kind of some cool insights but you know he was the first he was the first to that was actually a blessing and a promise mm-hmm. for a whole bunch of of other grain if you will Amen. uh fruits to be right. to come into eternity and for into glory so i think it's a it's a cool picture and i think um a reminder you know i think it's this reminder of like this is not our home you know we have an eternity eternity is our home and uh, anytime we get that mindset, there's a uh, joy can kind of seep into the pores, right. forgiveness and kind of letting down some of the issues that we have with one another. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, uh, it's one of the reasons that God put so many festivals, I think in the yeah. Jewish calendar. That's right. Right. Exactly. And I think there's three or four in the fall and three, at least three in the spring. Right. And there's a lot of festivals and they're back to back kind of. That's right. But I, he wants them to come together and just. I guess just focus on God and chill out with each other. Exactly. Right. And that's where something we you, don't have enough of, probably. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But that's something that even the early pilgrims recognized. They had based their festival, which we now call Thanksgiving, mm. on the Old Testament festivals as well. But I think also we see it in the early church. Yeah. What you see in the early church is the common uh, refrain was someone would say, He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's what good. joy. That is good. Well, I hope I hope you have a wonderful Easter experience, but even even a Good Friday. I have to say, how do you have good a wonderful Good Friday? I think it's a perspective change, and uh, yeah, I think it's been a good challenge. Maybe maybe all of us. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up this fasting challenge too. Amen. And, and uh, me too. During this uh, week, and uh, and 
fast and pray and just ask for God maybe to have some insight that I haven't asked for. for That's a while. good. So there you go. There's some Amen, takeaways for, for me for today. So <laughs> thanks Amen. for that. Amen. Well, if you are with us and you're uh, joining us here, you know that we always end with uh, a challenge. And I think it's as important today as it is and every day is that you go and be strong and very courageous. God bless you all. Thanks for being here.